Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello, welcome to episode 85 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, and this week, I've kind of been hinting at this for a while, and I'm bringing it to you this week along with my friend Carolina Moore. I have got to make a big plug because she has brought a lot of value to this data. So this week, I have gathered from a little over 100 quilters how much they earn as a quilt pattern designer. A lot of people are very curious, you know, what can I expect to earn? Is this a realistic thing to pay the bills? So keep in mind, this is only, you know, over a hundred. So that, that could look like a lot or a little. There are a lot of quilt pattern designers out there. So this is just such a small sampling, but it does give us some tangible numbers that we can look at with some actual like, okay, this is what someone actually really did earn with their quilt pattern sales. So also, if you want this, information. I have all of the responses and you can get those when you click the link in the show notes. There is an opt-in and by doing this, you are joining my email list. You will be joining a part of my email list that tells me that you are interested in quilt pattern writing business so that it's opting into my email list, but you will be getting all of the data that people shared when they took this survey. Also, Now that I've done the survey and I've heard feedback and gotten different ideas, I definitely plan to do this again. I'd love to do it every year, but we'll see. I'm not going to commit myself to that. But I do plan to do this survey again and to ask a few different questions. So stay tuned. because And if you are a designer, please join and take the survey because the more information we have, the more valuable it is. But before we go on, I want to read a review from Apple Podcasts. This comes from Tootie Bird. She says, invaluable information. I have been in the crafting and sewing industry for over 10 years. During that time, I have learned a lot on my own to help push my business forward. But the weekly information that Elizabeth presents is invaluable. Whether the week's podcast is motivational or teaches a new business technique, she's always adding some new information that's transformative to those in the craft and quilting industry. This is the resource I wish I had when I was starting my business over 10 years ago. So Tootie Bird, thank you for this review. I am so glad that you are finding value in the podcast, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave that review. If you have not left a review for the podcast, please take a second to go do that. It's really helpful for the longevity and the success of the podcast and to get seen by others. We are here with the belief, at least I hope you are, my my vision for all of us as quilterpreneurs and people is to open our arms and believe that there is room enough for all of us and that a rising tide lifts all of the boats that when you or I have success that it means more success for everyone and by sharing this podcast by sharing the information that shows that you believe this that you want other people to hear about how to grow their creative business as well so please take a moment to leave a review for the podcast and then let, let me just share a little bit about what I have this week. So I have already pre-recorded a conversation with Carolina Moore that we're going to jump into. But before that, I just wanted to touch on a couple of the specific answers that came from this survey. So I put this survey out to my alumni as well as a quilt pattern writing group in a Facebook group. And I'm very appreciative. Thank you to every one of you who took time to answer. There were actually 106 people who took the survey. And your answers are really invaluable. So a couple of things that we look at are how long a person's been writing a pattern. And how much they've earned in a launch. And in a launch, I asked how much did you earn in the first week of selling your quilt pattern. So that's what I looked at as far as a launch goes. And then I asked how much did you earn in a year? Um, How many patterns do you have total? And so there's a few things that we look at. Again, if you want that information, just go to the show notes and you can get 
the link to get the PDF download with all of these answers and responses. So one thing that I did want to talk about is the variety of answers that you get here. Well, I talked with Carolina Moore and you can also get her overall results, which are awesome, where she categorizes things very nicely into averages. Uh, but there, there's always going to be outliers and exceptions. And I want you to feel empowered with these numbers to know what's possible. Whenever you see someone who is having success you can know that that's available to you as well. Having success is not guaranteed just because you're going to move forward with doing something. It takes action. It takes learning. It takes doing, you know, the things that, that breed success. So just because you want to do something or just because you, you throw a product out there, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be an overnight success or earn millions but there is success available out there. And so I want you to really look at all the different numbers and responses and see the different things that are out there and that are available to you. And one of the things that's hard for me about this is it's totally anonymous. So I don't know whose answers are what. And some of the answers, like how many patterns did you sell in the first week of your launch? This person says, I don't have a traditional launch. They do something uh, where they release like a block of the month, but they're doing really well. And so I'm like, darn, I would love to hear more about that business model and what this person is doing to have success. So I just, it can really open your eyes to different kinds of ways you could earn money. There's even a question, do you have other income beyond writing and selling quilt patterns, but that's quilt related. A lot of people do. And so just, and some of them put a few of their answers. One of the things that I really want to do next year is ask, what is your top revenue generator? Um, because I'm very curious to see for some of these people, especially one in particular, I'm going to guess that it's quilt patterns, but not the majority, but quilt pattern sales are a piece of that pie. And I talk about this a little bit later in the podcast where I looked at my numbers for 2021. I've had those done. I turned in my taxes. So I knew that I had earned $20,000 in 2021 from quilt pattern sales. And it does, it feels vulnerable, like sharing that with you, but there we are. And this year, just a few weeks ago, I met with my team and we were looking at the revenue income, all the things for 2022 so far and what the goals are for 2023. And my sales for quilt patterns actually were cut in half in 2022. I'm like, what? That's embarrassing. And the girl who helps with the number, she was like, no, no, no. Your overall revenue has gone up. You're just adding more pieces of the pie. And you're focusing on other things. Like my income is the biggest that it's ever been in the history of Quilters Candy. But my quilt pattern sales are not. You know, it's still 10000 a year when it, it might go up a little bit. We'll see uh, at the end of the year. And also keep in mind that I have a membership, the Quilters Candy membership, and I've been heavily focusing starting this year on releasing my patterns first in the membership. And I earn way more money from my membership than I do from my quilt pattern sales. But in a way, I'm also, that's also paying for my patterns. So it's not my patterns every month, but at least a couple times a year, I have one of my patterns that is being released exclusively to those members. I want to reward them and make them, you know, the VIP. So it's not just like a clean across the board. Here's how much I earn for my quilt pattern sales, at least for me. And as you can see from the results, not from everyone. And then I did want to touch on, there was one response that uh, one person left. And again, you can see all of the responses. But this person, I don't know if they know that I was the one hosting this survey and it was a blind comment on the course that I teach on how to write and sell quilt patterns, or if they did know, and this was their chance to tell me how they feel about it. Either way, it doesn't matter. But, um, but the questions are, how long have you been doing this? And this person said for four, four plus years, they have 20 plus patterns. 
And then the question is, how many patterns did you sell in your first week of the launch of your last pattern? Does that make sense? Let me repeat that. How many patterns did you sell in the launch of your last pattern for the first week? Why am I making that more confusing than it needs to be? Anyhow, there we are. I think you got what I'm saying. This person says two, two exclamation mark, but not for lack of planning, marketing, or advertising. And then they continue to say, I've seen a steady decline in sales since the advent of pattern writing courses. And then goes on to say that buyers are reluctant or unwilling to buy from any unknown to them designer due to the poorly written free patterns, regardless of the unknown designer's good reputation and long history. And then how many patterns have they sold in the past year? Four. Four! Exclamation mark. Again, pattern writing courses have generally ruined the quilt pattern business for most designers. And then the question, how much have you earned in the past year as with your quilt pattern sales? And this person says, peanuts. There are so many free, poorly written patterns out there, thanks to the pattern writing courses. Generally, no one wants to buy patterns anymore and now expect them all to be free. Again and again and again, pattern writing courses have generally ruined the quilt pattern business for most designers. Also, the 10,000 plus follower designers collaborating together in large groups for multiple free samplers each year exacerbates the no low sale situation. So I don't know who this person is, but I'm going to address this because all of you who download the information are going to read that and see that. So I'd rather have a conversation about it that we can see here that there are people clearly still earning some great money with quilt pattern sales. And I mean, even right now I'm reading a book by Amy Porterfield, two weeks notice. It's a brand new book. And she talks about this very thing that she had in her business. It was so lovely to hear her talk about this actually, because all I see is her success now. But one of her very first launches, she put in thousands of dollars and she earned $276 total from the launch. I was like, really? Amy Porterfield? I feel very validated. <laughs> so you know, if she can crash and burn and have success the way she does, then there's a chance. We've all got a chance, you know. So she talked about her wanting to just put her head down and and put the blame of what happened elsewhere. And she said, honestly, it that isn't going to do the trick. If if there's success, if people are having success out there, you, it, you can have it too. It's available to you. It is a matter of learning what is working and how to make it work. So this person who says uh, they only sold two patterns during the first week of their launch, but not for lack of planning, marketing, and advertising. I want to invite this person and anyone else who thinks like this, which is probably all of us at some point, instead of looking at, well, it didn't work, and to take that responsibility off of your own shoulders, to instead evaluate what you did and how you did it and how you can improve it. Because I promise you, there is a way to market and advertise to get more sales. There just is. And I've seen it. And I have been down that path where I did something and I thought I did all I could do until I studied and found new ways to market. And all of a sudden, boom, it grew and sales went up. And then... Um, it's just, it's really funny for me to address the decline in sales since the advent of pattern writing courses. So the idea that by teaching other people the how to write and sell quilt patterns, it, it's very much the mind frame of there's only so much success out there. And if someone else takes some of that success, that means there's less for me. It's almost looking at success as like a pie. And that's it. That's all there is. And if you take a bigger piece of that pie, then my piece is going to be smaller. And if you don't know me, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, if you don't know me, let me introduce you to my school of thought. I see it very differently. That I believe now, not always because I'm human and that inner brain likes to, to like make me second guess. But when I am my best self, I believe that there is enough success out there for us to have. So there is an abundance. There's enough out there. The only resource that matters is our human creativity. We can come up with new creative things. We have since the dawn of time. We come up with something new, something different. It will never, I mean, we, I, I could go on and on about that one, but there is not a limited source of success. 
And so by myself or anyone else teaching people here, you can write patterns too, and you can have success. It does not mean that I'm taking away from anybody else. And so just lean into and try to surround yourself with people who have a positive mindset and who are willing to accept that your success actually brings more success to all of us, that by having more quality patterns out there, and I stress quality because it's not just about throwing out free and free content. Well, I'm going to address that one next, but um, by putting out good quality content, that improves everybody. I mean, even I think about movies. If you go back and look at movies from when I was a kid, like Jurassic Park, when it came out, I was like, the special effects have arrived. It will never get any better than this. Like, it looks so real. This is such an amazing experience. Now, if I watch that movie with my kids, I'm like, wow, we've come a long way. Movies in general have gotten better and better, both in storyline, I think, anyhow, that's an opinion. But as far as special effects, all the things, they just get better and better. That doesn't mean that because one movie is better that all the other movies aren't as good. It just means that all the movies get better in quality over time. So we want to improve the quality of work that's out there and hopefully reach a broader audience and invite more people into this quilting community. Uh, and then let's just talk about this marketing that they kind of made a jab about saying that the 10,000 follower designers who collaborate together in large groups for multiple free samplers each year exacerbates the no low sale situation. I've actually been a part of one of those groups and it was phenomenal. And um, my sales did not get hurt in the slightest. And it grew my email list by a lot. So a couple of things I see here again is this maybe feeling a little bit threatened by people who have more than 10,000 followers. So to mention specifically people who have 10,000 followers, well, again, it's, it's looking at those vanity metrics. And so just to invite everyone, all of us to, to remember to step back and to not, not focus so much on how many followers people have, but also let's take a look if people are doing these free samplers why are they doing it? And why do they keep doing it? It must be serving a purpose for them. I wonder if I could try that in my own way. And then look and see if their sales are going down because of this, then they probably wouldn't be doing it. But my sales haven't been hurt. The people I joined in with, it, it hasn't hurt our sales. The more people you get on your email list, the more people you're going to be contacting and, and selling to. So your sales should be going up. And so I see it a lot where people uh, like to throw stones at other people's businesses or their marketing, uh, especially when someone's having success. It becomes that moral kind of, well, morality-wise, that's not right. And if I can't win in this way, at least I will be the better person. So again, this is totally anonymous. I don't know who this person is. My guess is they aren't listening to my podcast, but I don't know. Um but I do just in the most loving way, because all of us can relate to these feelings. And in a way, thank you for being open and sharing how you feel about it. Because I guaranteed if you if one person feels this way, other people feel this way, too, which uh, brings in a whole nother lesson. But just to open your mind to the idea that that you can have success and to really put on blinders and to not pay attention to or judge the way that other people run their business. If you don't love it, then that's not for you. And that's the other lesson I was referring to. We as business owners, we're not for everybody. You do not want to be for everybody. You know you're making an impact and having success when people are specifically saying, I don't like what they're doing. I wish they would do it differently. They should do it this way. That means people are noticing you for one thing. I don't know if you remember, I had Emily Dennis on the podcast a while ago. And she said she had people reaching out to her or a person, I can't remember, saying, you should really try a different kind of pattern. Yours all kind of look the same. And she was like, I think they actually really meant it coming from a kind place. But she kept doing these kinds of patterns because they sold well. She was like, I know what sells well. So I'm going to keep doing that because it sells well. And so oftentimes when I hear people look at someone else's business and critique it, it comes from a place of insecurity or maybe jealousy 
um, and wishing that they could have success in another way by not, and I don't know why people care. Um, I mean, in this particular instance, this person is feeling like their sales have directly been hurt because there are other people learning and taking a course on how to write and sell quilt patterns. Um, but again, just open up your mind to the possibility that there are things in your power. Like don't let the success of your business hinge on someone else. Don't let, because someone else is deciding to do X, Y, Z, I can't have success. Don't give that power to other people. You own your business. If there is something that isn't going the way you want it to, trust that there is a way that you can learn how to do it better. There is a way to get sales. I mean, you will see the numbers. There are some people who are earning great money with their quilt pattern sales. They're doing something right. So learn, learn what those things are. There, there's always a way to improve those sales and those numbers. So with that said, let me jump in. Let me introduce you to Carolina and let's chat about the, the numbers and the data. All right, Carolina, thank you for being here. So I actually reached out to you specifically because you had shared that you used to do numbers. Tell me more about what you've done with numbers in the past and analysis. So um, in 2018, I went back and I got my MBA um, in part because I wanted to understand like the numbers behind business. Um, and one of the classes for my MBA that we had to, it was actually the, <laughs> It was the first semester and it was super hard when you're going from not having school in your life for over a decade and then suddenly having <clears throat> school in your life in addition to kids and everything else you've got going on um, was um, it's called quantitative analytics. And we always shorten it to quants, which is understanding numbers. Um, and it was honestly one of the most valuable classes that I took because you learn. I, I learned a lot about risk. So looking at numbers and, and calculating risk based on the percentage likelihood that something was going to happen, but also um, how to sort data and use data to be able to understand, you know, future decisions, because um, it's really what you want to use numbers for. How did I do compared to my goal? And then how do I think I'm going to do in the future based on what these numbers are doing? Um, and I loved it so much that in, gosh, it was my second to last semester, I took another class um, on uh, customer analytics, which was mm. a super intense, very, very difficult class. Um, and managed to squeak out an A in that class. I don't know. Nice. Um, was, well done. <laughs> it was like, that was, it was one of those, like, why did I take this class? But I learned so much about the numbers and data, um, and how to sift data and sort data and understand and, you know, look at outliers and look at, um, you know, making a hypothesis about the kind of results you're going to see and then seeing the results and seeing, do these make sense? Do they not? What else do I need to look at? Mm -hmm. So, um, which yeah. I mean, so the numbers here that, that I have, which we'll dive into it, but one of the things you talked about is what can I expect from these numbers? So people wonder how much can I earn as a quilt pattern designer? What's a realistic even thing to think about? And I have been trying to figure out how, what, what is that? You know, I can share what I have, but what, so I put out a survey, which moving forward, I would definitely tweak it. There are certain things that I would ask differently. Um, but we have a great set of some beginning knowledge here, but also one thing I would love to do moving forward is where people can only enter a number because <laughs> that leads to some great analysis, but yeah. let's just go through these questions and I would love your insight. You know, I shared in a Facebook group for quilt pattern designers that I was going to share this information and they were like, Oh, I can't wait to see the analysis. I'm like, Oh, now I don't know that I'm offering that, but I, so not that I'm putting you up to the standard, but I did want you to come on here because you have more experience with that than I definitely do. Well, and I used so, to do a survey similar to this in the crafts industry for craft bloggers because I started in this industry actually from the craft blogger side and then moved into being a quilt pattern designer through a whole series of events. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I love that you did the survey. I was so excited when you did it. Um, and, of course, like year two numbers, you're going to – you learn from the survey that you did and – change the kinds of questions that you ask and more information. And we can talk about that as we go through these numbers, but like for beginner first survey 
like baseline numbers. I just, I found this fascinating. I think that you did a great job on this survey. Oh, well, that's very nice of you. Very generous, which for you listeners, if you're wanting to see these results, I do have them. There's a link in the show notes, episode 85 of the craft to career podcast. And that's on my blog at www.quilterscandy.com. And that's where you can find the link to get all of this data. So let's just go through. There were six questions that I asked. The first one is how long have you been writing and selling quilt patterns? Number two, how many patterns have you released so far? Number three, how many patterns did you sell during the first week of your pattern launch? And I ask that one because students are like, in my first week, I sold this many. Is that good? Is that bad? And not that one's good or bad, but just to get a feel for what's average. And then number four, how many total patterns did you sell in the last month? How many have you, or sorry, how much have you earned in the past 12 months from quilt pattern sales loan? And then do you have another source of income within the quilting world beyond just quilt pattern design? So those are my questions. And I shared this with you and you had put together some cool analysis. Do you have that? And do you want to share what you came up with? I do. So I went through the numbers. Um, there were a couple duplicates that we had and then a couple... So I took out the couple duplicates that there were. I think we ended up with like 106 responses, which is a good number. Um, and then I normalized them. So like one of the things I did was how long had people been pattern writing? I changed that to a number of months. So if someone said they'd been doing it for one year. I changed it to 12 months. If they said a year and a half, then 18 months. Um, so that that would be a normal number um, nice. to be able to do that. Um, and then I made sure that the dollars. If someone wrote out 1000 or wrote out 300, then I change it to numbers 300 or 1000. Um, so that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that Excel could do its magic of actually sorting it. Um, and I love the results. So let me see if I'm pulling the spreadsheet. So of the 106 responses, um, the number of months pattern writing the average was just over five years. Um, the number of patterns released total average was just over 33 patterns. Um, the number of patterns sold in week one was just over 80. It was like 80.9. And the number of patterns sold last month was 202.93. Okay. And the 12 month revenue. And again, this is one of the things that we were discussing in the group was that this revenue is just pattern writing revenue. And so few pattern designers make their revenue just solely on pattern design. They have a shop where they sell like notions that go along with their patterns. Um, they work with companies in different ways. They have affiliate links. There's so many other ways. I mean, even Instagram is paying folks to do reels. So there's so many other mm-hmm. ways that you can make money. So this is just the pattern portion of the income. And the average across all 106 people was $15,229.10. 15000 is that right? $15,229.10. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So... But that's across a huge range of yes. experience. Um, the the highest end of experience was like 264 months, um, mm-hmm. which um, I can do the math real quick on that equals this divided by 12. So that's 22 years. So we had yeah. like four people with 22 years of experience um, and someone with six months of experience and someone with 22 years of experience. That's different. It doesn't mean better or worse. Yeah. Um, well, and the majority of the people are rather new. If you're looking at this, there's, I'd love to, again, gather all that number and, and put it into different categories. But like, if there's a piece of the pie, I would say the biggest piece of the pie are people who've been doing this around a year, give or take. So interestingly, because I did sort it by three different categories. I did a category of a year or less. Mm -hmm. I did a category of 18 months to five years because there was no Mm -hmm. one who had done it for 11 or 13 months. So a year or less than 18 months to five years and then more than five years. Um, And for the year or less, there were 26 people 
who answered the survey mm-hmm. had been doing this for a year or less, 50 people who had been doing this for 18 months to five years, and mm-hmm. 29 people who had been doing this more than five years. So say that again, the three, the one year or less was like 18 20, people? 26 people. 26. Um, 18 months to five years was 50 people. Okay, so that's the and, next one. Mm-hmm. More than five years was 29 people. So the biggest chunk of these people is in that middle group. So it's very much mm. like a bell curve that we see in a lot of surveys. Less at the beginning, a lot in the middle, and then less at the end. Um, okay. And then I sorted all those numbers, like the averages, based on all that experience, right? So someone who's mm-hmm. been doing this for a year or less on average of the responses, um, the average amount of time they'd been doing this was 0.823 years. So okay. it was like almost 10 months, 9.8 months. And uh, do you have any, like, of those people, they earn this much? Those people, their 12-month revenue was $1,473.36 on average. Okay. How about the next group? Does the income go up as they're in it longer on average? It does. So of the 50 people who'd been doing it from 18 months to five years, on average, they'd been doing this 37.74 months, which is just over three years, 3.145 years, so about three years in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sold just over 90 patterns last month, and their 12-month revenue was $12,343.59. So the jump from one year to, and this is an average of three years, so just under a year to just over three years, um, Mm -hmm. it goes up from from almost 1,500 to just over 1,200. Or sorry, from just over 1,500 to just 12,000, excuse me. So from 1,500 to 12,000 after a couple of years of experience. And we would expect to see that because the longer you're doing this, like if you make, if you just write three patterns a year, or let's say four patterns a year, once a one, a quarter after three years, you have 12 patterns, right? So that's going to be more patterns that you can sell. It's also more likely that you're going to be in with distributors and you're going to be in with shops. It's going to be more likely that you've been able to speak at some guilds and you've been able to build an audience and a following. Um, So it's very, we would expect to see those numbers go up. And it's so awesome Mm -hmm. because we really do see those numbers go up as we move up. Um, And then going up into the more than five years, um, the average time that this group, this more than five years group has been a quilt pattern designer is Mm -hmm. 152.5 months which is 12.7 years. So almost 13, okay. years, a little over 12 and mm-hmm. a half, 12 and three quarters years. Um, they've and released they're... 71.89 patterns. Okay. That's they sold last month almost 600 patterns. So it was 582 okay. patterns. And their 12 month revenue is $33,712.04. Okay. Well, just to point out that, yeah. I mean, some of these, again, it's really fascinating to look at the individual results because some of these people are earning over 100000 And when I say that, it might just be one. Well, there was one person who responded that they were making 100000 and then one person who responded that they were making $300,000. Um, okay. Their 12-month revenue was $300,000. So I took out that 300,000 because it was such a huge outlier and Mm -hmm. re-ran those numbers Um, with that person removed. The average time of this new group, this new cohort is 12 and a half years, just over 12 and a half years. So the Mm -hmm. average time didn't really change that much. Um, And their average number of patterns that they've, that they sold last month was 472 which actually was just a little, about a hundred less because it was 582 before with okay. that, that yeah. one outlier in there. And then the 12 month revenue went from 33,700 to 23,470. So okay. again, this is just the pattern sales revenue, not notions, not any, um, not books. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. Not, and not fabric design, um, none of the other things that honestly, from my experience of being in this industry, um, someone who's been doing this for 12 years usually isn't Mm -hmm. only writing patterns. They're teaching, they have a couple books out, um, they have a fabric line, they might have a notion, um, they might have some kind of, they, they, they do 
we don't see as many affiliates in um, right we don't which surprises me and i think it's going to change i know and, i'm like let's jump on that folks um and while well, i did a a podcast episode with you on affiliates a couple months back mm-hmm. um yep that lays out exactly how to do it um actually i think it was almost a year ago yeah that we did that was now Time yeah, because it was shortly after Black Friday and my Black Friday. Oh, how about that? That's right. We're right. even better. So um, <laughs> it made me look at last year's and go, I mean, last year's was nice, but mm, this year was good. Um, anyway, so yeah, you know, to make, um, and this is again also revenue. So right. one of the things that I'd love to This doesn't include at, expenses. Yeah, I would love, yeah, just the income. Because as we know, there's photos and the fabric if you're buying that. But I mean, one thing that is so crucial, I think, for a fabric or quilt pattern designer to get their head around is don't throw in the towel if you're like, oh, man, it's going to be $12,000 a year on average at, you know, the three-year mark. But to speak to the importance of building your resume, if you will, so that you can diversify your income. I would love, love, love to ask these same people what's their total revenue with Mm -hmm. all things included, you know. And that number would go way up for sure. Mm -hmm. But Um, having quality quilt patterns under your belt is huge for the other things that you've kind of touched on, you know. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I found interesting is that um, for someone who's been doing this one year or less, their average revenue was fourteen hundred, almost fifteen hundred dollars. Um, mm-hmm. And I did a presentation for my local guild about what it takes to start as a pattern designer. And if you're looking at, you know, the fabric to buy to make your quilt, um, getting the actual pattern printed, um, some of the software that you need. Um, you know, getting a website, getting an email program to send out emails to people, those kinds of things. It's about a thousand dollars to launch your first pattern and the 12 month revenue for these, you know, a a first year pattern designer is 1400, $1,500. So you're looking at, if you do put your shoulder into it, there's no reason that you can't reasonably get your investment back that first year. Absolutely. Well, and also one thing that I like to remind myself and others, if you look at this sheet and you see the outliers that are on the higher end, here's the deal. It's happening to someone and it can be you. And so learning some business strategies as to, well, how could I sell more? How can I be better, have better sales. There are business strategies to growing your numbers. Like if, if it's available to someone, it's available to you too. Whoever's having these sales, and I wish I knew, but it is actually totally anonymous, like these yeah. outliers and like, man, and there's some of the answers that they're like, I don't do a normal launch, so this doesn't apply to me, yeah. but their sales are really good. I'm like, what is their business model? I'm so intrigued because it's working really well, you know? But um, but if there's success out there, it's available to you. A lot of business is in the mindset. And so I could see some people looking at these numbers and being like, oh, sure enough, I'm going to be that person who earns zero money after two years. And so a lot of it is in like how you approach it. I don't know. Have you seen that with your own business? Which, sorry, you said a lot of things that I was like formulating <laughs> to several of them. <laughs> yes. The mindset of um, how you approach your business being like, oh, I don't know if I can do this or I've got this and how either one of those mindsets affects your success. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, fake it till you make it. And once you make it, you just keep faking it because you yeah. know I mean? <laughs> you've got that muscle memory down of faking it. So you keep going. But like, I'm looking at these numbers for the 26 folks who've been doing this for less than a year. And there's like eight of them who, when asked how many patterns they sold last month, um, the answer is zero. And the number of people who, the number of patterns they sold their first week of launching a pattern, um, it looks like more than half of them are single digit. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you're first starting out and you know, you're, you launch a pattern and five people buy it, that's a success measuring your beginning against someone else's middle. Um, it's not fair to you and stop that already. And I think you feel the way, um, success breeds more success. 
Uh, and Amen. I've that is definitely so seen that over the last couple of years. But the more success you have, the more people are recognize you and notice you and want to be part of that success and want to join in. And the more fun you're having, the more people want to be part of that fun. So, um, this is true because when you go into the five-year people, you don't see as many single digits, um, for three pattern sales. Oh, well, you're pretty close, but not quite like it's still, yeah. Even people have been doing this an average of three years or more. There's still quite a few single digits. Well, and there was someone who had been doing it, I want to say for 22 years, and they yes. still were not selling a lot, which oh, so yeah. it's not all about just time. It's about quality. And, you know, there's a lot. That, and I'm not saying that there isn't good quality. I'm saying that there, there are things we can do, you know, to up our well, sales. Of the four people who've been doing this 22 years, um, one person the, on launch week sold five one sold 16, mm-hmm. one sold 24, and one sold 618. And I'm guessing that the person who sold 618, um, some of that was to distributors. Oh, that yeah. Oh, they they have a breakdown, actually. Wholesale, retail, Etsy, and then they only sold 12 on their website. 487 yep. were wholesale distribution, distribution. So there you go. There's a big piece of <clears throat> the puzzle that having a wholesale account will sell you more. Mm-hmm. And then even how many patterns sold last month, um, it was of those four people, 18, 55, 160, and 562. Um, yeah. The other thing that we didn't ask that I would love to see is how many hours a week do you put into your business? Because I'd love to see the correlation between, you know, how many hours you put into your business versus what you're getting out of the business. And right. I would guess... Mm-hmm not only the number of hours you put into the business is going to get you more revenue to a point because everyone is burnout and yeah, putting 80 hours a week into your business, is probably not going to be much more profitable than putting like 50 hours or 60 hours into your business, honestly. Um, but I would love to see that as you do this longer, that the core, you don't need to put as many hours into the business to see as much revenue, right? The return per hour is probably going to drop. You don't think you need to put as many hours into it. Right. Well, and that also speaks to because you have more patterns that are out there that are Mm -hmm. already sitting there and they're earning you money, but you're not doing more work, but you have built a brand and credibility and people like that. So, and when you have patterns out there, there are fabric manufacturers who see those patterns and say, oh, we have this line and it's going to look perfect with that pattern. And they make your pattern in their fabric. And then you get this Mm -hmm. huge rush of sales again. Um, Or, you know, you see a new line that's, you say, oh, this line would be perfect for this pattern that I wrote four years ago. And you remake the quilt, which is a lot less work than rewriting a pattern. And you get a huge burst of sales again. So the kinds of, you can work smart, more smart and less hard the more you have that base of your business built up. And I get, I mean, a couple of things that I'm thinking of as I'm looking at this and hearing what we're saying. One, I know that there is a large group of the population that does not have the luxury of waiting a couple of years for things to really pick up. And, and I, I wish I could like fix that for everyone. You know, I mean, it is with, any business you're going to start up. If you open a restaurant, if you start up any business, the first few years, you usually take a financial hit a little bit. And if you can stick with it though, like I can also see, because I know I've worked with students and sometimes I'm not saying everyone needs to just toughen it out and like stick with it no matter what. Cause sometimes you decide this isn't really what I want to do. Maybe I'll do something else. But if you're really passionate about having a career in the quilting industry, and you're not seeing success like you want right away, don't throw in the towel. It doesn't mean it's not working. It just means that's part of the process. And learn, you know, learn, look at what's not working. Um, Anyone who I read from or study from who is successful, they talk about the mind games that we play. It's not unique to you, but we tell ourselves, oh, it's not working out. I'm doing this wrong. Other people are having this. And we come up with stories of why it's not working. But if you can stick with it and continue to make a quality product and build an audience, start small and build that audience, it does grow over time. It does pay off for sure. Well, and a couple of things. Um, 
someone told me early on, I think I was in like year three um, and struggling. And someone said, it takes eight to 10 years to be an overnight success. Um, That's true. And I kept that close. And sure enough, like it was year eight that I got a book deal. You know, it was year 10. I forget what happened year 10. Um, But yes, I got like years eight and 10 were huge. Um, And then more growth from there. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that I've had times where I've seen people that just look wildly successful online. And I'll have conversations with peers who know them like actually know them instead of just seeing them online. And sometimes it'll be like, oh yeah, they're working their butts off. And I say, oh, okay. They can have that success. Cause I don't want to work that hard. Like right. <laughs> that is too much work. Um, I'm okay being less successful than that and not working that ridiculously hard. But there are other times where they say, oh yeah, that's all smoke and mirrors. Like yep. those pictures were taken in their in-laws basement because they're living in their in-laws basement and have been with their six kids and, Um, they're all crammed in there. Um, and you just don't, you don't know what you don't know about other people's lives. You only know what they're showing, which Mm -hmm. is another reason that the comparison game you'll always lose because you, you have the hundred percent picture of what's going on in your life and you have the 3% picture of what's going on in their life. Yes. Okay. And I know, cause I've talked to people and they're like, so-and-so must be earning over a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, they're not because it looks because they have so many followers or it's these vanity metrics. And then I've had a few people on the podcast who have mm, 10,000 followers or so. And people don't give it much of a second glance and they're earning millions a year, you know? And so don't be fooled by these metrics that you don't know. I mean, we don't know who's giving these answers on this survey, but there's a wide variety. So just kind of put your blinders on and keep doing your thing. It's much easier said than done. I get it. I have to have my yeah. husband remind me, like, what would the podcast Elizabeth say to you today? You know, <laughs> how would you and handle this? The person who's making 300000 I mean, first of all, good for them. But, you know, do they have an assistant um, right. who's helping them with things? Um, I know a pattern designer who she creates the design for the quilt. Um, and then she sends it to a pattern writer and the pattern writer does all the writing and then she tests the quilt. Um, so, and that works for her. She, I know she makes good money. It might even, that might even be that person who made the 300,000. It wouldn't surprise me to, to learn that that's her. Um, cause she's created a system that works for her. She probably has more expenses than like I would since I'm writing right. my patterns, but I mean, I could, I'm not making $300,000 in patterns. Um, right. but patterns are the majority of her business. Um, and she's created a system that works for her and there's zero shame in that. Like if anyone says right. that she's less of a pattern designer because she's sending it to someone else to actually write up the pattern nonsense, like first exactly. of all, but also like who cares? She can be less of a pattern working. designer and make more money all day long. So who cares? I love when people love to throw stones about people's success. I'm like, that's really funny because they're doing really well. So I think right? we applaud them for that, you know? Like, if but, I okay. hire a ghostwriter or if I hire, you know, a gardener and a maid, you know, right. it's all just, I only have 24 hours in a day. So I have to maybe hire some stuff out somewhere or get less sleep. And at some point, you just can't get any less sleep anymore. Well, and, you know, there are other people who their job is to be a ghostwriter and we're Mm -hmm. helping the whole economy as, you know, hiring people out for different things. It's we all work together to make a product and to make a living. But, okay, I'm curious. You don't need to say numbers, but and I'm putting you on the spot here. I don't even know if you know what has been your biggest source of revenue and income this past year, if you had to guess. And maybe you do know, but. Um, the, my exclusive product. So I launched the box bag template this year. Um, Mm -hmm. and that made a huge difference. Like, um, I have nine and soon it'll be 12 patterns that go with it. Um, but it's done like better than, like I had big plans for it and it's done even better than I imagined. And there's even more plans for it again next year. Um, but having my own notion and the reason is, um, because the margins. So when, when you're looking at what to sell in, um, 
in the world of quilting specifically, but this applies anywhere. If I were to go to checker and so I, so I've sold a ton of scrap tape. It does really well for me. I have a couple patterns that use scrap tape. Um, but if I buy scrap tape from checker for, I don't know, I'm going to use a round number. Let's say it's $10 and I sell it for 20, then my profit is $10 minus any expenses I have. So if I'm doing free shipping, then I have to take the free shipping cost out of the $10 profit that I'm making. Um, any time, any labor, any packaging materials, um, all of those have to come out of that $10 profit that I would make. Whereas with the box bag template, it sells for $23.99. Um, and I'm making way more than 50% margins on my box bag template. So it's a higher cost item. Um, mm -hmm. and my margins, my percent margin is higher. So my profit is much bigger on that. Um, and then also I sell a ton to distributors. Awesome. Uh, do you teach classes on this or how do people, how have you marketed it? I guess. Marketed the box bag template. Yeah. Um, gosh, or is it through distributors and they do that. So I've done videos, um, and I've done videos not only on YouTube, but on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I've gone to a couple quilt shows, which was really fun. First of all, cause I missed seeing people in person the last couple of years because of COVID. Um, but it was fun to demo it in front of quilters and get their immediate feedback and questions on it. Right. Mm, yeah, um, which nice. is really important when you have a new product to get and, I did that with like my local friends and quilters, but to do that with hundreds of people, they don't know me and there's no skin in this game for them. They can ask like completely ridiculous off the wall questions. Um, and I'm on the spot answering these. And, but I, I loved it because it, it really gave me a sense of what their needs were in regards to the tool. Um, so yeah, in-person shows, um, I've talked about it on a couple different podcasts that I've been on. I have a significant newsletter list that I've put it on the newsletter list. And then yes, also getting out to distributors. I also did buy advertising space. There are two, mm. so I don't know if you know this and there's probably listeners who don't know this. There are two major industry publications, um, for the quilting industry. One, it was called Quilt Retailer Magazine and they've just rebranded themselves to Creative Retailer Magazine. Um, because okay. they, the information there is applicable to more than just quilt retailers. So if you're a scrapbooking retailer or rubber stamping retailer, it's the same kind of information. Um, so now they're creative retailer magazine and the other is called fab shop magazine. And they both are subscription based. You, it's not expensive to purchase subscriptions. Um, but I bought an ad in, um, creative retailer magazine as well. Um, oh, cool. And that was, you saw payback, like you got money from that. So the interesting thing is I don't know the direct return on that. Um, because, uh, you're not sure. They're yeah, buying from distributors. From. No, they're right, buying from yep. distributors. So I don't know, oh. but I definitely see more. And then I also reached out to specific distributors, like the box back template is available at fat quarter shop. Um, oh, okay, cool. I was able to reach out to them and say, Hey, and you know, that's one of those, sometimes they respond, sometimes they don't, but they did. And they now carry the box bag template as well. So yeah. Um, and then gosh, lots of Facebook lives with local quilt shops and then non-local quilt shops, whenever someone reaches out and says, you know, would you like to be? Yes. Yes. Um, cause nice. the more so, yeah, you work that, for that. And it's, it's really tell. interesting too, cause this now sets you up as a sort of expert in a way, which I know people generally get freaked out by like, oh, I'm an expert, but you are in this product and it builds credibility. And, you know, you, you just have experience under your belt and now you are more appealing and desirable to be featured in magazines, to get hired for other things. And so adding these things over time, I mean, for you, this has been your number one revenue generator for the year. That's huge, you know? Yeah. I also did an advent calendar that did really well this year. Um, oh, cool. And again, I mean, that's, it was $75 per advent calendar. So again, higher ticket items with higher margins will get you more profits. Yeah. Um, so, and it was custom. The margins aren't there to be able to sell it wholesale or, or um, to shops, um, to distributors or, or wholesale. So um, that one was 
only through me. Um, and the, the amount of work in it is off. Like, I don't want to be making 10,000 of these to send out to all yeah. the different because it's so much work. It was like a week of work just to make the hundreds that I did make. Um, oh, I, I feel for you having done those boxes, the subscription boxes oh. in the past. I'm like, Ugh. I, I thought of you there, but yeah. So, <laughs> um, and then finding products that, you know, work well together. So, um, if someone is already writing patterns, can you sell a notion with it? Even though it's not your higher margin item, it's an upsell, right? So if mm-hmm. you if you're making half square triangle quilts, Creative Grids has the seven eighths inch ruler that makes cutting those stupid seven eighths inch squares so much easier. So selling those. If you're not able to, for whatever reason, have a physical shop where you carry inventory and ship it out yourself. Cause that is a whole different level of work. You have to have the inventory. You have to, you know, have the packaging stuff. You have to go to the post office and drop it off. It is a whole extra layer of work. Um, sign up to be an affiliate at different shops. Like fat quarter shop is a really go on a share sale, get yourself a fat quarter shop affiliate. They carry almost every of the major rulers. Um, and then just affiliate link them and get your couple percent there. So every little way that you can add those pennies and then, you know, create a YouTube video about it and enable ads on your YouTube video. Now you're making money from one pattern in three ways and then create a Instagram reel about it and sign up for the reels, you know, payout program. Now you're making money there off of it as well. And then, you know, create a class around it and market it to guilds. Now you're making money there as well. And so now you're $1,500 a year, as a new pattern designer or your $30,000 a year as a experienced pattern designer becomes so much more because you're not doing, it's just an incremental amount more work to mm-hmm. pick up money in all these other buckets. Well, and I'll share, I mean, it feels very naked and vulnerable, but I'll share. So I went and looked for 2021. I had all of my pattern sale numbers and it was $20,000 that I earned in pattern revenue for 2021. Mm-hmm. And then I just had a yearly meeting with my team and I was like asking my girl who does all the numbers, what, what are my pattern sales for this year? It's about half. And I was like, what? I'm so embarrassed. And she's like, no, no, Elizabeth, your business model has changed and you are now earning more money than you ever have. Mm-hmm. But my pattern sale numbers have gone down. So if you were to look at me, you know, year, whatever I am, her numbers, her pattern sale numbers went down. But my overall income has gone up and it's because I am diversifying that pie. I'm adding other things to the pie and the patterns are not the biggest piece of the pie anymore. You know, Um, the membership is really and the course are the top ones. And so also to keep that in mind, as you look at those numbers and think they're only earning this, there, there are other pieces of the pie that are bringing in much more. But having those patterns is definitely part of the equation. But it's also, I mean, that's smart business because if I write a pattern, I can sell someone that pattern once. They're not going to buy that pattern again next month or next year. I mean, unless they lose it, but usually a lot of people buy digital patterns, in which case they'll just redownload it, right? Mm -hmm. So you can only sell someone a pattern once, maybe twice if they lose their stuff, Um, you know, if they're not organized. You're not going to be able to sell someone 12 of the same pattern. If you want to sell someone 12 patterns, you have to write 12 patterns and then have them be interested in all 12 patterns. Whereas something like a membership, um, people subscribe to that. And then you are collecting revenue every single month because you're offering value every single month. Whereas a pattern will not continue to offer new value every single month. So the biggest, and we talk about this in business, the biggest cost for a customer is the cost of acquisition. So the cost of getting a new customer, it's running ads, it's doing the things that get them interested. And once you have someone interested as a customer, it's much easier to upsell them. It's much easier to get them to buy a second time. And in the case of a course, you already have them signed up to buy their second month and their third month and their or not the sorry a membership their second month and their right. third month and their yep. fourth month with a membership, so you've now taken that cost of acquisition, and you've spread that cost of acquisition over a longer term revenue. And if I'll I, one thing that I learned I don't even know when a year or so ago it doesn't matter but the idea of a customer journey and you mm-hmm. talked about this with an upsell but you want to provide a pathway of experiences. So let's just say Mm -hmm. quilt patterns is at the beginning of that path. 
what's going to come next for you? Let's say it's this, uh, ruler template that you've created but then once they're done with that then what's the next thing that you could sell them and what's gonna and naturally like what are they going to want to do next on their their journey of progressing to make something so just to keep providing that next step of okay now you need this next thing let me help you with that here's a product that will solve that for you um and to help keep them on that pathway like that. And I know sometimes like when I first started as a quilt pattern designer, I'm like, there is no journey. What? No, you buy the pattern, you make the quilt done. But just to think outside the box a little bit and think, well, then they're going to have to learn how to quilt it. What if I were to teach them how to quilt it or how to take care of their quilt or how to take photographs of the quilt once it's done? You know, all these things have story your quilt, blah, blah, blah. Um, or now you've made this kind of quilt. Do you want to learn how to make this next advanced type of quilt? Let me teach you how to do that. And just to to think of your customer going on a journey and providing multiple products that are on that natural path that they're going to go on. Also, one thing to avoid is like if you sell a pattern to someone to then right away say, OK, and here's another pattern because they'll be like, no, I just bought a pattern. I, I want to make this one. So instead of selling them the same product, think of what's the next thing. Oh, you're going to need fabric to make it. Here's some yep. fabric. Or you I can move them along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there are, um, similar to like your membership, um, what do people want to do when they finish their quilt? They want to show it off. Do you have a Facebook group or a membership or a way that they can show off their finished project? Because that is part of the customer journey of a quilter is I've made the thing. I want to show it off. Another part Absolutely. is, you know, I'm struggling. I want to ask questions of someone. Do you have a way for someone to ask questions if they're struggling? Like the journey isn't just what I'm, what are they buying from me? Um, along this path, but what are their experiences and how am I supporting these experiences throughout the process? Yes. And community, that's a major value point that just creating a community adds a lot of value. So there's a lot of fun ways to get creative with an income as a quilter. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious, again, kind of putting you on the spot. If you have that analysis of the numbers, do you mind sending it to me? And I'll include that in the PDF that they can get. Um, yes. I mean, I just have it here as a um, a really ugly Excel spreadsheet. Um, that's all I've got too. Sorry, listeners. That's what you're getting is really ugly Excel spreadsheet, but, but it's got I, the data. I, I can pull some stuff out of here so that it's less of a big, ugly spreadsheet so that they've got some specific um, and what we talked about in case, you know, I, I'm often doing something else while listening to podcasts, not scribbling down yeah, the numbers same. that I heard, same, um, exactly. but I, I do think it's important to note that like these numbers don't come out of nowhere. It's not that, you know, I say one day I'm going to be a quilt pattern designer today. And 12 months later, you know, I have $1,500 in revenue. Um, right. there is you know, there's a plan and there's work. And I mean, you talk a lot about these things in other parts of your podcast or other episodes of your podcast. You know, there's, um, there's, there's people who, you know, wake up one day and say, I'm going to do a thing. Um, and then a year later, all they've ever had is the idea. Uh, yep. and they're frustrated that nothing came out of it. Um, ideas are just like, that's the seed. If you don't water it, if you don't tend it, if you don't, you know, weed the garden, you're never going to get fruit out of it. Um, there is fruit to be had. You know, we yes. have this, this, these numbers that show that there's an orchard out there. Um, but if you don't, yeah, tend the land and do the things, you know, keep the bugs away, keep the pests away, whatever else needs to happen in an orchard, it, your orchard will not bear fruit. Exactly. No, that's very beautifully said. I like that orchard analogy, by the way. My dad is a gardener and it speaks Aww. to my heart. I love that. Um, I, I'm not a gardener and my garden, <laughs> and I do not have a gardener. So, um, but I have that's a quilting funny. business and <laughs> that's my orchard. So, yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for doing this analysis and sharing. So, our listeners, if well, first of all, they can go back and listen to the episode that you were on last time. Again, I'll leave that link in the show notes, but where you talk about affiliate marketing, if they're like, what, how can I earn more money being an affiliate? Go listen to that. But if they want to find you and see more about who you are, what you sell and what you do, where can they find you? Um, so on Instagram, I'm Craftmore. I'm also Craftmore on TikTok. 
And if you go onto uh, YouTube and you just type in my name, Carolina Moore, I will pop right up. Um, if you type Carolina Moore into Google, I used to come up, I should still come up on as Carolina Moore on Google, but um, I have a blog called Always Expect More, and it is more with two O's, alwayexpectmore.com. And I have a shop called carolinamorepatterns.com. And that's where awesome. I sell all my stuff. Yes. Okay. It's M-O-O-R-E in case yep. the listeners are wanting to type that in. So thank you so much for being here. Also, real quick before we officially go, I just yep. want to say thank you. You're like the host of this Facebook group for quilt pattern designers, and you just have a very level head about you. I love having you on the podcast, but also just in the quilting community as a friend because you're very level headed and I see eye to eye with you. So maybe that's why I think you're all <laughs> But um, even with these numbers, you know, there there was some talk about, well, clearly if you're doing this for this long, it doesn't guarantee success. And nope. you're, you're quick to point out like, well, there's always going to be an outlier. You know, let's look at the trends in general. And I just, I really like your approach to things. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun. It was. All right. We'll see ya. All right, bye. Thank you so much, Carolina, for being here. As you can see, she was invaluable. She's got a special set of skills that I do not. So again, go to the show notes. It's quilterscandy.com podcast episode 85. You can get all of the data, both uh, the raw data and then what Carolina added with the averages and all of that, because you don't want to listen and take notes, you know, during a podcast. So that's all there for you. And when you do get that, you are opting into my email list. So just know that and you'll be added to the section that's interested in this kind of a thing. You can unsubscribe if you want to. And again, if you've not left a review for the podcast, please do. I love to hear from you. And it also really helps the podcast to be seen by more people when you leave a review for the podcast. And just as a reminder, it's getting close to the end of the year. December 5th is the last day, which is actually in just a couple of days from when this will release. It is the last day to apply to be in the mastermind with myself next year. So far, there are some really awesome people and I cannot wait. These will be my close friends, confidants, business people for 2023. And I have some awesome things in store. I cannot wait to collaborate and grow our businesses together. If you're interested in learning more about that, visit quilterscandy.com. And there's a link at the top of my website where you can apply. That will be gone on December 5th. And if you are an alumni, you can join me in the Craft to Career Club. This is something I'm super excited about. It is where I take you alumni, where we all have a background base knowledge but I go through each month with you holding your hand, giving you one thing to focus on to grow your business. This is a membership, if you will, a club, unlike any other. I, I don't even know the idea for it just came from listening to my students and hearing them ask, what do I do next? This momentum, this all of this energy and forward motion with the course, I want to keep it going. I also... I'm not ready. You know, I kind of want my hand held a little bit more. I'm not ready to just go and do this on my own. And so I am breaking down each month, one tangible thing like this month or not this month in particular, January, we're going to go through yearly planning. Then we're going to talk about building an email opt-in and next month, creating an email sequence, looking at our websites and how to improve it. And there's accountability and there's a leaderboard. You can see everyone who's finished those things. So there's it's just, I'm super excited to work with you and to hold your hand and help you grow your business. So be sure to come and join if you are an alumni of either the Quilt Pattern Writing course or the Craft to Career course. And thank you so much for being here on the Craft to Career podcast. I will see you next week, next Friday. Until then, have a wonderful week.